Hey friends, a quick disclaimer about our episode today in which we talk about peace. And in talking about peace, we're also talking about anxiety. But we're not talking about clinical anxiety or anxiety disorders, more of anxious feelings. So if you're struggling or suffering with anxiety disorders, please get the help you need. We certainly aren't suggesting that prayer is the only answer. Thanks. Welcome to The Gathering Place with Blessed Is She. I'm Jenna Gizar. And I'm Beth Davis. Pull up a chair and grab a drink. Or you could just keep doing what you're doing. Pull up a chair in your heart. <laughs> Come chat with us about Jesus, prayer, community, and life. So let's get started. Hey, Beth. Hey, Jenna. How are you? So good. I'm so glad to be sitting on my couch with you. I love it. Just flipping through your Bible. <laughs> as, what you, as per usual. What are you finding? I know I'll look over sometimes with Beth next to me at the desk. Just flipping her Bible. I do. I just love the word. I forgot my Bible here yesterday. How and did you survive? I. It was really hard. I'm not going to lie to you. A couple episodes ago, you lost your journal. I know. Yesterday, you left your Bible. What in the world? Yeah, so I looked it up on my phone, but it's just not the same. Yeah. It's not. I tried two You mean different, for your prayer time? Mm-hmm. I tried two different apps. I even had some like really posh man reading a chapter to me. I it don't just, understand. He was in the coffee shop? No, no, I didn't ask someone to read Excuse me. Excuse me, sir. <laughs> I see you have a Bible. Could you read me? No, nobody in there has a Bible. The 28th chapter of Matthew? How many, no, I did. How many I chapters finished, does Matthew I finished have? Matthew today. That's it. It's exactly 28, and I actually finished 28 today. No, there's an app that allows you to listen to somebody reading you the Bible. Got it. It's pretty cool, actually. That is neat. Just to, like, marinate in it. How do you know he was posh? He just was, like, very theatrical. Oh. Like, his words were very pronounced. Yeah. It was a little dramatic for my taste, to be honest with you. But it was the word, and it was good. It was like coming home when I picked up my Bible this morning. You know what I want to talk about today? Tell me. I want to know what skills you've learned mm. whenever you're feeling like super anxious or you can't get rid of that anxious feeling or worried feeling. You know, the Lord says, don't worry or don't be anxious. Mm. But like practically speaking, yeah. how do you get over that? Beth Davis? Yeah, how do you, Beth Davis? I want to hear your skills. I mean, I'm not an expert. I don't think anyone is. Probably have to work at it. Yeah, I am working at it a lot. I'm working at it most days. It's just insane to me how you can... I feel like I'm learning to be in a really good place in my life in terms of like trying to not control my emotions, but really like offer them up to the Lord and be like all right, Lauren, I'm feeling really frustrated, but I'm going to give it to you. And I just want your joy. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. Yes. So, but it's crazy that like, I can be practicing that. And then one thing can just like knock me off my rocker. And it's this thing where I can't give this to you. Yeah. Whether it be family circumstances or like it's out of your control, a fight with your friend or your husband. Yeah. 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 And you like, can't shake it. Okay. I think The biggest lesson that I've learned in recent years about peace is that 
It is not about your circumstances. Hmm. So for many years, I thought if I could have a more peaceful life. That's interesting. Do you okay. know what I mean yes, by that? Yes, totally. Like if, which ultimately was like grasping at control. Mm. So if I can just kind of control what's going on, feel I, I would feel some semblance of peace. But if my circumstances were not peaceful, it was very hard for me to That's really peaceful. interesting. Yeah. And I'm learning now that God's plan for me, for us, is to have peace despite our circumstances. I, I mean, scriptures talk about having peace that surpasses all understanding, peace that transcends our circumstances. So I've recently been praying, Jesus, teach me how to live above my circumstances. Okay. So that I'm not rattled and I'm like seated with the Lord, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. No matter what comes, no matter what shakes me, like if peace is my base reality, which I think it, I think it is. I think it's what he wants us to have and wants us to be like unshakable. Like you think about Peter walking on water. Jesus did not still the storm before Peter got out of the boat. Hmm. So he had to learn how to keep his eyes on Christ and like walk to him despite the wind and the waves and all of his own emotions about it. Totally. Right? Yeah. He was like physically disturbed even like being knocked around. But he kept his eyes on Christ. So I would much prefer for my circumstances to calm down. <laughs> I would much prefer for everything to go well and then I'll have my peace. But I think as long as we think I can't have peace until this thing is resolved, we'll never understand the peace that Christ is talking about. Right. I'm fascinated by it because I do get rattled really easy. Today, I was like so hangry and I'm like, how do I come back to peace right. when I'm like hungry? Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. And then the littlest thing sets me off, like grow up, you know, mm. I do. I need to learn to live. I want to learn to live above my circumstances. Like the apostles rejoiced when they were being scourged. Right. Jesus like didn't flinch when people spit on him walking to the cross. Why am I rattled hmm. <laughs> over an email? You know what I mean? Yeah. Obviously, we're not superhuman. It is an acquired skill. Right. But we can practice it, I think. So practically speaking. Yeah. Let's say something shakes you off your peace game. Yeah. What do you do? Not the hungry one, because that's pretty easily remedied. You can I eat. I should have eaten a snack. You can eat, and yeah. it typically goes away. But let's say you're well-fed, well-rested, because I do think rest totally adds to that. Yes. Anger, quick irritability. Yeah. yeah. But let's sleep, say. Sleep is loving yourself. Totally. Sleep's the greatest. <laughs> okay. So assuming the best circumstances, yes. which you're almost never going to have, but assuming True. that you're in them and something comes, what do you do? I think my gut is to like escape the moment. So that would be to go to social media and start scrolling or getting affirmation from other people, looking at my DMs. <laughs> <laughs> or to like work, like get yeah. into work. All right, I'm just going to like back to control. bang out all these emails so I can feel like I just did something super productive, which I talked about with Father Parks too, how like when I'm angry, I start cleaning a lot. Yeah. I just, I have to be busy then mm. to escape that I'm feeling extremely shaken in my peace. Mm. But I think the healthier way 
the first thing that I've started to learn to go to is the word. Mm. All right, let me just be here. You are my rock. So let me just try to engage with that. And that helps a lot. That's good. Yeah. And then I do think another thing earlier, I was frustrated about something and couldn't quite shake the anxiety and the worry. And I called my grandparents. (laughs) I just hadn't called my grandma in a while. And so I was like, I should just call her. And I do feel like when you serve other people, just like selflessly, I guess it wasn't selfless. I really did want them to just love me for a minute Yeah, in a way that I think only grandparents probably can. But also I wanted them to know I was thinking about them. Yeah. So I think like going outside of yourself and serving other people can really help you get back down to everything's okay. Totally. I think if nothing else, it gets you like out of your head to make a connection with another person. Yeah. Yeah. I could have come and griped to you, but sometimes I feel like griping to a friend doesn't make the unsettledness go away. I don't know why for some reason a grandparent felt better. Why? (laughs) Yeah. How weird is that? Yeah, I think... They don't even know anything that's going on. I really just... I just wanted to hear some joy. Yeah. Yeah. I think lots of times venting exacerbates the anxiety. Totally. Like other people usually can't speak into it. Like the Lord is the source of peace. Sometimes people will have like beautiful, encouraging, wise things to say. But more often than not, a person isn't responsible for resetting your peace. They're not going to have the magic word. They're not going to be able to solve your problem. But to get out of your head, that sure, that works. Yeah. What about you? Well, I've, I talked in Teachable Tuesday a couple of weeks ago about this idea about that we don't have to work on hard things anymore. And so one of the things I had brought to the Lord in prayer was fear. Like when I feel fear, what's the opposite of fear? And he said, peace. And other people might pray and find out the opposite of fear for them is something different. A lot of people say the opposite of anxiety is peace. But anyway, I just began to pray with him about that. Like, how do I work on my peace? How do I cultivate peace, especially in the face of fear or anxiety. And I'm a very visual person. If you've listened to the podcast, you know, (laughs) you know, I've worked so hard to sanctify my imagination and the Lord is so generous with me in that the Holy Spirit is vivid and creative. And so anyway, I, I asked the Lord about peace and I said, so how do I, how do I get it? And he said, well, you, you asked me. So I was like, okay, can I have some peace, please? And I kid you not, in this image, <laughs> the Lord has a pitcher and a glass, and he like poured me a glass of water, and he handed it to me, and I would drink it. And it was just like, it was the action of pausing to deliberately be refreshed mm. and receive from the Lord. It was a, an image of that. Obviously, I wasn't drinking anything like some magic potion, but it was just this like moment of connection and a visual representation of that connection with him. So I remember I was flying alone that week and I was just feeling a little bit anxious about that. I hadn't flown alone in a while and all walking through the airport, anytime I could feel like my throat constricting or just feeling anxious at all, I would say, can I have some more peace, please? And I would imagine drinking a glass of water with the Lord. I love that. 
so silly. That's so awesome. I mean, it worked for me. That's great. I will sometimes think about, because, you know, like, it's a thing that when you're feeling anxiety, you're typically not breathing well, you yes. know, like, just not taking deep breaths. So I'll try to do, like, so anyway, that's, like, a practical thing, but that's about anxiety, I guess, but. Well, I think any conscious act of centering yourself and inviting the Lord in, just, like, stopping. Yeah. Especially when our, I think our default would be to fix it or to figure it out or to do something to get away from it instead of just like leaning into it, pausing and waiting and inviting in the Lord is so good. That's ridiculously hard to do. Yeah. I'm not. Yes. I'm not saying I know how to do that. I hate that it's so hard. Yeah. But I think with practice, I do think it like builds. What do you do when you have a friend, Jenna Gizar, who's having all of this anxiety and worry yeah. What do you do for a friend who's feeling all these things besides tell her to go to counseling? I'm, I'm a huge proponent of counseling. I know. So I just think everybody needs to go to counseling. Yeah. I need a counselor. Yes. <laughs> um, I think we underestimate the power of praying with people yeah. instead of saying, oh, that's so hard. I'll pray for you. I'll be praying, praying mm-hmm. for you actually just do it right then can I pray over you right now and and not to feel this like pressure to perform like I have to have these profound things to say like deeply spiritual things you don't you don't have to you don't have to perform in prayer you can just go with your friend before God and say Jesus could you help us would you come and comfort Jenna God would you send us your Holy Spirit who is the comforter I think the act of ministering to a person in prayer, like being present to them in prayer, is a huge gift to somebody who's in the midst of spiraling. I remember how crazy that was to me when I actually started praying with people right then, as opposed to saying, I'll pray for you. Yeah. And it just changes, I mean, my posture when someone says that with me, like, "Let me, can I pray with you? I'm like, yeah, that's so nice. And it just like changes things. Prayer changes things. Prayer changes you. Well, you're inviting God into the moment. Right. Father Parks always says, it's like you're giving the Holy Spirit the mic. He's already there. Right. But instead of you having to be the source of comfort and answers, you're like handing the mic mic over to say, God, what do you want to say? One of the books you told me when I first met you that you loved was... One of the books I tell everybody to read ever. Yes. Tell me more about for it. For all time and for every person is called Searching for and Maintaining Peace by Father Jacques Philippe. Does he talk about the cup? No. <laughs> no. Is there a cup in there getting filled with peace? No. <laughs> he will just knock your socks off though in a paragraph. I read that book only in adoration, a paragraph at a time. It's so simple, yet so profound. And it was... a. It was a massive gift for me and a huge shift mentally. Um, He kind of goes after peace in a a couple of different ways. So for one thing, he uses the image of a lake and how when a lake is still or at peace, the surface of the lake reflects the sun clearly. Wow. But when the surface of the lake is disturbed, it can't reflect the sun. Isn't that crazy? 
That's amazing. It's so good. What? Yeah. And he talked, There, there's a whole chapter on um, sin and how sin affects our peace. And that the appropriate posture to take when we sin is to say, yeah, I'm not really surprised. I know I'm a sinner. I'm sorry, Lord, to repent immediately, but not to fixate and shame ourselves mm. because that continues to eat away at our peace. So now on top of the disruption to our peace that the sin has caused, now we're we're adding to that. It's like we're doubling yeah. our trouble and our worry by beating ourselves up. And that was so freeing for me to to change my way of thinking you know, about, about sin or just about even shortcomings to say, you know, I'm just not, I'm just not surprised. I don't know. I feel like I, he does a better job in the book, but to not be surprised by our own sin. Hmm. And know? not like fixate on it. Yeah. And really, because when we say like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have said that. What we're doing, it, that's actually pride. We're actually saying like, I thought that I was better than this. I think I'm holier than this. Wow. And it was like actually an assault on our pride, which is really the, the reason that we're sorrowful. It's not really that we did wrong to the Lord. It's that we had a view of ourselves as not being able to mess up. It's very interesting. So this is like a right ordered humility to say, God, I'm so sorry. I make peace with you. I, I make peace with this other person. I resolve to do better, but ultimately I'm not surprised because I know my own weakness. Wow. Right? Yeah. So anyway, that book is phenomenal. Changed my life. That's crazy. It's a good one. I want to be a super still lake. I knew you were still thinking about the lake. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. What about going back to how Peter had all of this storm around him and he still had to keep his eyes on Jesus. And I feel like I have a lot of people in my life where like their life is literally in chaos and not out of like bad things. They just have really busy, crazy lives mm-hmm. like kids or work or mm-hmm. construction projects. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, crazy. Yes. So do you think always having like touch points, like praying How is it that you can stay above that chaos? How do you think the Lord wants us to act in those like chaotic times in life? Okay. So as you know, I believe the answer to every problem is a daily personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So a a routine of prayer, I think is just like weightlifting at the gym, like the muscles get stronger. So the more you're rooted in prayer daily, the stronger your peace becomes because you're more connected. You're less rattled because you have like heaven's perspective and you feel and understand that Jesus is with you. And so you just feel more up to the task. What about you, Jenna? Do you have any tips for keeping your peace in the midst of the chaos of daily life? (laughs) Not that you know anything about chaos in daily life but still theoretically I know nothing about it (laughs) hypothetically speaking (laughs) yeah I think like I said earlier having little touch points in your day really help with finding peace like for example 
right next to my coffee pot is our table, like our little kitchen table where my Bible sits by itself. Just like there on the table all alone. Judging you. Totally judging me. So when I'm (laughs) pouring coffee, it's like, Jenna, come talk to me. Mm. so then I'll go and and I've shared before like I don't spend a long time in it I'm really just like reading one story or one parable Mm -hmm. it's just such a good time for me to be centered on the Lord and our relationship Mm -hmm. what was it today today was Jairus's daughter in the gospel of Matthew which is not my favorite version of that story oh which one is? I like Mark because it's Talitha Kum, which is my tattoo. It's yeah. very special to me. Yeah. I'm a Luke girl. I love Luke. Chapter. Why do you like Luke's version? Well, because I, I like the progression of the demoniac to the woman with the hemorrhages to the little girl. Yeah. I mean, but that happens in Matthew. Well, I like spend a year uh-huh. in that chapter of scripture. Okay. Oh, that's all in Luke 8. Yeah. Oh, okay. Exactly. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't like this version. (laughs) They're like flute players. Yeah, funeral mourners. Why does he tell him to be quiet? Well, because he's going to raise her from the dead. So he's like, get out of here? Yeah, we don't, you guys. I want to work some miracles. Call off the band. I'm about to raise people from the dead. I mean, I don't want flutes at my funeral. I don't want flutes at most things. <laughs> no offense, flautists. <laughs> I would have said flute players. <laughs> I think it's flautists. I think you're right. I need those touch points all throughout the day. Like yeah. even when I have like beautiful connection and intimacy in my morning prayer time, it's just become crucial for me to have them throughout the day. So just tonight, I was at my nephew's eighth grade graduation and I had a moment where I was just tempted to lose it like I could have gone over the edge with anxiety and I physically lifted my eyes and decided to look at Jesus you know to like not think about my circumstances and think about Jesus instead and just ask him to like come in and and rescue me out of it like Peter sinking like yeah Lord, save me, because I did feel like I was going to drown in the moment. And he did. He just leaned in. And that was, that was less than 10 seconds yeah. of connection. But I do think it takes time to train ourselves to turn to him. Right. Yeah. And, you know, just one other practical idea would be that if you find that you're perpetually panicked or anxious... Again, let me recommend counseling, but (laughs) (laughs) secondarily, I think, I think it's wise and holy to sit down and look at your schedule and your commitments, your family's commitments, your children's commitments and say, we love all of these things and I want to do them all, but it's really not healthy for me. Yeah. It's not best for us. And sometimes that's hard. Because we want to say yes. We don't want to disappoint people. Totally. But I think self-awareness is holiness to say, I really can't do it. I really can't handle it. Because really, what is our peace worth? I mean, if every day you're sacrificing your peace 
for the sake of one more task. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I think people get, they like feel guilty. Like, let's say you're a chronic yeser, which I am not. No, I'm nor like, I. <laughs> but I have friends that are where like they volunteer for everything. God and bless they, them. They're just serving. Honestly, parishes would crumble without them. Totally. Parishes rely on the yesers. But I think, you know, Jesus speaks right to the heart of it. <laughs> it's a gospel that makes me think of our relationship quite often. Hmm, what? Which one? Mary and Martha. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, Mary. So Martha was totally needed. They had to eat. I mean, right? Yeah. That was not sinful. It was Martha's posture that kept her from serving with a generous, open, humble heart because she was so worked up. Yeah. So he wasn't saying don't serve, just sit here and listen because if everybody did that, nobody would eat. Right. I mean, we need people to say yes, but is everything your yes? Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's really where discernment comes in. I want to do this. I'm good at this. Do I have time for this? Maybe not, but I could make it. But at what cost, you know? Right. Two things. Yeah. One time, a long time ago, I remember someone saying, if you say no to something, it opens a door for someone else to say yes. Yes. Which I love. Absolutely. So much. Like there's someone else appointed for that job. Yes. They're going to rise to the occasion. They're going to shine. And I love that. Because it gives me the ability to say no. Absolutely. With confidence. Yeah. Secondly, one of my favorite authors, Bob Goff, love him. (laughs) He talks about how every Thursday you should quit something. Ooh. I know. To like make space in your life for the Lord or things that are most important to you. I love that. I know. I keep coming back to this podcast that I listened to recently that really changed my life, revolutionized my thought life, my prayer life. And this Christian speaker asserted that essentially Jesus doesn't want us to experience anything negative. Now, listen, suffering, sin, what other, how other people sin against us, those are natural consequences, I think, of a fallen world. But he doesn't want us to walk around with fear, anxiety, shame, doubt. What else? Yeah. Anyway, he, he actually asked us to make a list of six things that are negative that we kind of carry around. And you fold the paper in half, hot dog style. <laughs> Ah, that's funny. (laughs) And on the other side, you write what the opposite is. And so I asked the Lord, what's the opposite of fear? And he said, peace. I asked the Lord, what's the opposite of anxiety? And he said, confidence. That Jesus' heart and will for us is to experience freedom and joy and love and peace, all the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Not to be weighed down burdened by negativity and I'm especially guilty of that like I bring a lot of that I think that way about myself do you know what I mean yeah and so thinking about Jesus not wanting me to feel that way like he took all the negativity 
He took everything on the cross. Right. Every bad, painful, shameful, fearful thing. Mm-hmm. He took that, and he doesn't want us to have it. He wants us to experience life, yeah. abundant life. It's hard to have an abundant life when you're like crippled with anxiety. Yeah. You know? Yeah. My uncle just came here earlier and he was talking about how Jesus died on the cross for our sins, past, present, and future. Mm. And I just like, he like kept on saying it, but I think that even applies to, he died on the cross for our anxiety, past, present, and future. Yeah. Yeah. Like it doesn't have to cripple us. He, he died for that, which is going to come in the future too. Yeah. This girlfriend and I are praying a novena called the novena of surrender to the will of God. Mm -hmm. Essentially the prayers are written from the perspective of Jesus saying like, every time you worry, you're, you're not allowing me to help because you're trying to take care of it. You want me to act in such a way. It's like a child trying to help with a project and you know, you could do it better as the adult, but the child insists on helping, Mm. but the help causes the project to take much longer and to be more frustrating. Yeah. If the child just let you do it for them, it would be quick and easy. So Jesus wants us to just give it up to him. Yeah. Anyway, I love the daily prayer that you pray with that novena. Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. And that's become like a little catchphrase for me. I'll just be like, Jesus, take care of it. Take care of it. Yeah. That's right. He's taking care of it. It's a good one to keep in your back pocket. Totally. Yeah. Is that our prayer for tonight, Beth? (laughs) Yeah. Can it be that? Yeah. Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Beth. Thanks, Jenna. Chat soon. Thanks so much for gathering with us here on the Blessed Is She podcast. Send over all your questions using the Anchor app. We'd love to hear from you. Connect with us at blessedishe.net slash community and join us on all your favorite social media platforms. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I love Twitter. Until next time.